calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Ugh, another pointless video call where nothing gets done. I think you're on mute, David. Uh, oh, sorry, what did I miss? IT just approved Miro for the whole company. Miro? That's the... Online whiteboard. For team collaboration, we can make these long video meetings so much shorter with Miro boards. We can share ideas, feedback, and updates on them whenever. Actually see what we're talking about? It's all online. Miro will make our flexible work setup so much easier. With one virtual space for our brainstorms, projects, presentations. Oh, that sounds kind of amazing. So I don't need to wake up for 6 a.m. calls with the London office anymore. Now you're getting it. Don't let time zones get in the way of your team working well together. See why 99% of the Fortune 100 trust Miro to get good work done from anywhere. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Hey, everyone. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own and some of you reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Ryloth. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't want to do a terrible French accent. Welcome, everybody, to this uh, spoiler review uh, from, uh, uh, wait, about uh, uh, The Bad Batch, episodes 11 and 12. 
Hey, we're four episodes away from this first season being done, but we're do we are here to do a spoiler review from the Geek <laughs> Buddies. <gasps> hey! Uh, and it's a Sunday morning for most of us as we're recording this, so uh, factor that into your analysis when you're watching us. We're excited that you joined us. Uh, we're going to get into both episode 11 and 12. We're going to break it all down. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't watched these episodes, pause, go watch the episodes, enjoy yourself. Come on back and uh, keep watching from this point forward. Uh, we're going to go around the horn and find out what everybody thinks about the, sh- uh, the episodes overall and then dive into them. Uh, in blocks throughout those two episodes. Uh, but first, let's introduce ourselves. I'm the outlaw, John Roca, writer, producer, host here on the Geek Buddies and the Outlaw Nation. Mike? I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies and a co-host here on Geek Buddies. Absolutely. Shannon? And this is Shannon McClung. I'm an animation writer and a television actor. And here are my credits. Marvel's <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Silicon Valley, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I, too, am a co-host here on the <laughs> Well done, well done. And joining us every week uh, for these Bad Batch reviews when we do them, uh, and someone who is uh, knee-deep in the Star Wars knowledge, waist-deep, maybe even, uh, you know, shoulders-deep in Star Wars knowledge, uh, and joining us uh, to have a little fun. And I know she loved these last two episodes. Laura <laughs> yeah. Kelly, how are you? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me back. And yeah, I'm a regular guest here on the Geek Buddy. That is right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And arguably the best background of the of the four of us. Look at it. It's very, it's very Aww. professionally done. Look at that. It's spacious with still Look, filled in, my... but still a little spacious. I respect it. Got my girl. She's oh. here. We're all ready. There she is. Yeah. Yeah. She Era. has to lean against the wall, otherwise she tips over. <laughs> Might be the ear. Well, she's busy uh, fighting that. She's busy fighting that rebellion. She needs to take five, mm-hmm. man. She's got. She's got a lot on her plate. She can't stand up all the time. That's right. Head and nail heavy. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into the overall thoughts of these two episodes. Let's start with Laura Kelly this time around because I know Aww. Hera's her girl. So uh, uh, this was all about a young Hera kind of figuring out how to fly, you know, having her parents get captured, exploring all of uh, what she can do here, having Omega kind of guide her a little bit as well, give her some much-needed confidence during her formative years. So what did you think about these two episodes combined uh, overall, Laura? I loved them, as we all know by now. But I, you know, this departure from the sort of regular episode format I thought was kind of fun. If you're going to depart from your regular format. I thought this was a great way to do it. It's sort of still in the Clone Wars fashion. And I just thought that it worked really well. You know, we spent a couple of episode arcs in the Clone Wars on Ryloth. We even spent a couple of Repels episodes there. Mm. Um, And we spent them, you know, in this situation with a character who, in my personal opinion, uh, did not get enough, like, screen time, I think, in Rebels. We didn't get enough, like, personal Hera episodes Mm. for my taste. I say that as someone who, like, Harrison Dula is, like, my top three favorite Star Wars characters. So I was really impatient to, like, get lots more Hera content than I ended up getting in Star Wars Rebels. I still love the show, but that's my one complaint. And I love that we got to backtrack a little bit and spend a little bit more quality time with her um, in these two episodes, which I feel might have been made specifically for me. Uh, so I fully, fully appreciated them and was very, very grateful uh, that the writers took this little uh, detour from our, our regular scheduled episodes of The Bad Batch. Yeah, it's kind of funny, Mike. You go, we go into episodes 11 and 12. So they've spent the first 10 episodes really establishing The Bad Batch. 
But in 11, they're barely in it. And then 12, of course, they kind of come back and are the rescuers here. But we, as Laura said, spent a lot of time on Ryloth, spent a lot of time seeing the inner workings of what the Empire is doing, seeing how that's affecting the citizenry. So really kind of establishing this uh, situation here overall that's going on on a number of planets and how the Bad Batch is reacting to it. What did you think about these first uh, these last two episodes? These two may, we'll see how it all shakes out at the end, may end up being two of my favorite episodes of the entire season. Mm. Uh, I think they were great. Obviously, the Hera factor is huge. Uh, I, I'm not quite the Hera stan that Laura is, but she's up there for me. I mean, she is <laughs> one of the greatest characters of this new generation of Star Wars characters. And so getting to see her was a real treat. But for me, the other big treat was I am a nerd for galactic politics. I could just, <laughs> I am a nerd for it. I love it. I think it's, a, I, I just get so enthralled in it um and this is like a big factor of what bad batch has been hinting at and we've now seen it you know i wasn't here for the last two episodes that you guys reviewed but in those last two batches in, the, in, the, in that last batch you saw the bad batch kind of go to a former uh separatist world yeah, yeah. and have to actually help someone who was a former enemy of them because they saw that even the separatists in the face of the empire uh everyone has a common enemy and to go from that now we go to ryloth where as laura said we we know from Clone Wars, uh, we saw Mace Windu, uh, you know, kind of recruit Cham Sandula, Cham Sandula to be a uh, part of the Republic. And we saw Cham Sandula kind of not be so sure he wanted those Republic clone troopers mm. to be on Ryloth. He wanted them gone. And so now we sort of pick up on that story and see that what he was worried about in fact, has exactly happened that the war is over and the clone troopers aren't leaving because the Empire is now coming in strong. And so kind of like linking up from where we saw them in Clone Wars to now on Ryloth and knowing that we get to Rebels and they're still fighting the good fight with the Empire, we are seeing the rise of the Empire in a really cool, specific way and how it affects one of our most beloved characters. So I thought that was so much, and I, and I thought it was really great of them. I know a lot of times uh, I deal with this on a couple of shows that I'm working on that, uh, that, sh that Mr. McClung is helping me with, where I, if I want to do an episode where the main character is not really in it, I get the note, well, let's make sure this main character is in it more. And so doing an episode where the Bad Batch is barely in it for that first one, so you can really sort of get to know who young Hera is, see what's going on on Ryloth, get to know Hauser, this other clone trooper, yeah. which is really, really interesting to me. I thought it was great. I thought it was super fun. And I thought that these two episodes together felt like a wonderful mini movie, uh, kind of like ju just like Clone Wars used to do. And I was thrilled. Yeah, I have to agree with uh, with that as well. It felt like another. It felt like one of those Clone Wars things that they do that did every once in a while, almost every season. Got to divert to this story that's not necessarily about the main characters, but gives you a little more of the overall universe, a vibe of the overall universe. And I thought they really nailed it here, Shannon. Also, you know, uh, uh, Laura talks about being a huge fan of Harris and Dola. Michael, not quite as fan, but certainly a big fan of Hera, but maybe giving her more screen time is how you bring people like Michael to the Hera party fully and people like us oh, to the Hera party. Full. No, I'm I know, at I, the Hera party. I, I know you. I, yeah, but you, you know. <laughs> I showed you know. up with two six packs ready to rock. You are, but you're in the back table and she's in the front table. We're going to get you <laughs> to the front table. And I think you're everybody with a tray of champagne at the party. <laughs> exactly. so. yeah, you're, you're, you're not getting past Chopper into the champagne That's room. Right. At the party, <laughs> uh, but Shannon, what did you think about these two episodes overall, man? And there's a lot of action here, especially that second episode. 
Well, I mean, I went back and watched all of the Sham Sindula episodes after I watched both of the Bad Batch episodes. And it's like, it was such an interesting place where to find him that this is a guy after the Clone Wars, this is a guy who's tired of fighting. Like, he's just Mm kind of like, all right, let's, let's just, let's let this play out. I don't like this, but let's just let it play out. And then watching him in Rebels afterwards, you see how, how he has become such a hard ass when it mm. comes to fighting the empire. Um, yes. I mean, the, the, the political stuff was great. I mean, getting to see young Hera. I mean, as soon as they, as soon as they said Sindula and they showed her mom, I was just, I was like, Oh, Oh, we're going to see a little Hera. Um, <laughs> but also we got to see Chopper yeah. and Chopper is by far my favorite uh, astromech droid out there. I mean, Chopper was a blast, but what was really great, especially about the first episode is that this could have been an episode of the Hera show. I mean, the Bad Batch, as you said, were supporting players in this. And Mm -hmm. as it started, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. But by the end, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm on board. I would, I would watch, I would watch the, uh, the Chronicles of Hera as she grows up to become a rebel pilot. Oh yeah. That should absolutely be its own series. The Hera series should absolutely be its own series. I don't know why you wouldn't do that. That, that thing, that thing, that prints money, that whole aspect, because she's such a, a awesome character. And she, Vanessa Marshall does such a fantastic job voicing her. Uh, it, it wasn't a Freddie Prince Jr. Situation, which I thought was nice because the voice kind of fit for what they were doing. And no crap was being given there. So I thought you, that worked out overall. You, but you leave Freddie, you leave Freddie alone. I love Freddie. Freddie's a fan of the outlaw. He's, said that on camera uh but like this is this is a situation where, like, where no one was giving vanessa for doing the voices but i will say this laura correct me if i'm wrong i watched rebels as adamantly as you did did i miss the french accent was it dis- was it taken away from her like what what i i was watching something why does she have a french accent she didn't have a french accent rebel so that, is it me that is a ryloth accent oh I'm first sorry. of all oh yeah. oh Excuse you. Apologies, how, apologies. It's it's not like it's not like Hera did a semester abroad. Like what? that's how it they talk gone. on Ryloth. It was gone in Rebels is my point. So no, it was gone. It was gone in Rebels by the time we get to her there, which is said. Yeah. I don't even know, like ten years or so, almost ten years after this show. Okay. Um, after what we saw here, but what happens in one episode of Rebels when she goes back home to Ryloth oh, to visit right. her to visit her dad? Is that when she gets into an argument with him at one point, she slips back into that mm-hmm. accent for yeah. just a second. And it's really when she gets angry that she falls back into it. And so I kind of thought of it a little bit as like, that you know, you, you spend enough time in one setting, you know, yeah. the accents kind of come and go, I imagine, especially if you're hanging around Kanan for 10 years on your starship. Yeah. That's a good point. And who knows what accent Chopper has? Maybe she's used to hearing this. <laughs> Chopper. Pro- she's used to hearing profanity for sure. Without yeah, Chopper swears accent. like a trucker. Oh he's yeah! A, oh yeah! A, but the, I do think yeah. he's a cantankerous sod. That's for sure. Well, go ahead. What, what were you saying? What were you saying there? Uh, well, no, Mike. I was just going to say like I have an old roommate who like she was from Georgia when she oh, yeah. like she lived with me in Kansas, and when she would get on the phone with her her dad or her mm-hmm. grandma, I mean, you should the way that she oh, slipped yeah. right back into it just in regular conversation. So that's kind of how I how I kind of okay. interpreted it is that's that's the kind of the situation. It's just you I know you're back home, you slip back into it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure I'm sure it was a discussion point when mm. they decided to show young Hera. And I think that the explanation of the fact that she somehow left Ryloth and lost her accent makes more sense than yeah. trying to justify why a kid who's only grown up on Ryloth doesn't talk like anyone else. Right, right, right. So exactly. I think I think they probably made the right choice that like we yeah. clearly do know that she 
does leave Ryloth. She becomes a pilot. She meets yeah. Kanan. And it's somewhere along the way, she probably, you know, like a lot of us do, like I, I moved out to Los Angeles from Florida and learned really quick that things like y'all and right quick and fixin' people made fun of you. And yeah. I stopped saying those things. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I went, back, I went back to Gainesville with Mikey and he reverted right back to that. I remember that one time. So, yeah, it's absolutely true. He was going back to doing his, his country stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, right? Those guys had hardcore Boston accents come out to L.A. Eventually, you drop that. Only use it when you're doing a movie about that, but not need to see that in other uh, uh, formats. Certainly, uh, if I can throw one uh, quick thing in, uh, I saw Stillwater over the weekend at a screening. He's incredible. That accent, that Oklahoma accent is top notch in that movie. So shout out to Matt Damon for his abilities. All right, let's move on to talk about the episodes. Uh, stop, uh, start with episode 11, Devil's Deal. We start out on Ryloth. Hey, guess who's here? Crosshair. Our old buddy Crosshair is hanging out. Uh, and we see this kind of setup like we had a couple episodes ago. And, well, you know, once again, the Empire's here on a planet about to speak to the populace, enlisting people in power to kind of make sure the populace stays in line. Uh, Senator Orne Tar is there, voiced fantastically by Phil Lamar. Uh, and Elena Sindula is there as well, uh, uh, Hera's mom, discussing with Vice Admiral Rampart, Shannon's boy, Narshir Dalal there mm-hmm. as well, talking about, uh, you know, the, the, the machinations, what needs to happen here, you know, that they're there to protect Ryloth, you know, just tell the people we're cool. Uh, and then Hauser is saying that Ryloth is safe. Uh, Champ Sindula is there as well because of everything that's happening here. Senator, then the Senator, come, they go out to the balcony, the Senator tells all the Twi'leks to step down from their military posts to enjoy their freedom uh, uh, and that the clone army will protect them. But they rebel verbally and start chanting for uh, General Syndulla. And uh, Syndulla steps out, delivers a fantastic speech about uh, and and defending the clone army in the speech. Um, And, uh, of course, for me, it made it feel a little bit tragic because we know what's coming. Uh, And then we cut and then and then we cut to the admiral. Uh, noticing after that speech that uh, uh, Harris Syndulla is missing from uh, the crew up there. And then we cut to Harris Syndulla, who's with Chopper. And they're looking at this Empire refinery facility. Uh, their, uh, Uncle Gobi said that they were to get some intel on it. Ju- and just as she randomly relaxes on the ground looking at the sky, a bunch of droid troopers show up and arrest her and Chopper. So, Michael, I go to you this. You love the political machinations. We start off almost immediately with these political machinations here. We know the senator, uh, you know, he totally is going to be a bit corrupt here. We see the Sindula family there. We see Vice Admiral Rampart there. So certainly all these things are in motion, but we but we also cut to Ahara, who is kind of doing her own thing mm-hmm. and spurred on by her uncle. Yeah, I mean, like I said, this all this is if you've never watched any of their stuff, this is a great way to sort of just get you up to speed on what's going on. You know, you get really yeah. clearly the Empire has come in. Uh, Senator Ta, who is just the Ted Cruz of the galactic universe. Like, <laughs> ugh, oh so gr- but, uh, but like, you know, Senator Ta is like uh, threatened by, um, <laughs> by, by Cham Sindula, and Cham Sindula is the people's hero, and you got Gobi and all like the former freedom fighters out in the crowd. So you set up all the things, but as Shannon said, if you do go back and watch that Ryloth arc in Clone Wars, a key part of that arc is that Senator Ta, back on Coruscant, 
doesn't like Shamsundula and thinks he's right. a problem, like they shouldn't work with him, and Shamsundula doesn't trust Senator Ta. Like that is established way back then. So they pick that relationship up right away. Like everything is good. Hey, the Clone Wars are over, but you're picking right back up on the fact that Senator Ta is definitely threatened by the fact that nobody really cares about his fat ass. And Shamsundula, I mean, like, I'm not fat shaming. I am just saying that he is an asshole who does happen to be a fair enough portly fellow fair enough um but uh well, but yeah and well, i think it was nice I think... doing the show thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> um i do so I, I mean i think they do a really good job of kind of setting all those pieces up and this whole idea that the empire is once again coming in and saying hey guys we're your friends we built this refinery we're creating lots of jobs oh and by the way we're gonna stay here for a while um, so all really, really cool stuff. And then the Hera moment is just classic Star Wars goodness. I mean, this is like her Luke Skywalker moment. Like, literally. I mean, you know, Luke Skywalker has that moment staring at the two moons on Tatooine where he's just looking off into the distance, kind of dreaming about being a pilot like his father was. And here you have Hera. You know, you see her in Chopper kind of checking things out. Uh, Gobi sent them to go kind of like get the lay of the land and then she has that moment where she speak her want she does that like kind of her hand in the sky the music almost feels like that Luke moment I mean if this was a Disney movie she would have busted into song right here and this would have been her I want song so it was just a lovely yes. <laughs> perfect moment and again I think they're doing a really nice balance of if you are a hardcore Star Wars fan and you've watched Rebels you already know that she wants to be a pilot, but it's a beautiful moment to sort of see where her dreams are and we know that, and we know where she's going to get. Yeah. But if you're not and you've just tuned in for Bad Batch and you're just meeting this character for the first time, you get right away who she is and what she's about. So I think they did a really nice job with both of these scenes kind of servicing the fans who know the history and introducing it to a new audience as well. Yeah, what do you think, Laura, about this opening? Do you like the way this kind of reintroduced us back into the Sindula family, but also a little bit of Hera here and some of that political machinations as well? Exactly, and I love where we start with Cham because it's mm. it's a really it's it's fun for for audience members who have watched his sort of story transition from the Clone Wars to what we got in Rebels to taking a step back and kind of seeing like you know this this guy who's been fighting this war for so long in this moment in history. He just wants peace. Yeah. And he has this like little sliver of hope that he's about to get peace on Ryloth finally after all they fought for. But obviously still seems a little bit mistrusting of the whole situation, a little bit hesitant. Um, but it, it was just a really kind of great, I think a bunch of really great character moments for him in these episodes, especially in this very beginning where he gives this great speech to this crowd who are very much um, on his side. Um, but I got to give props to this to these animators and to the voice actors who played Eleni Sandula, yeah. we never got to see too much of Hera's mom. We just saw a picture of her, I think, mm -hmm. in Rebels. Um, we didn't know too much about her, and we certainly never got to see what she looked like or sounded like, and I really, really enjoyed this performance. I really love that you can kind of see adult Hera, Rebels-era costume in Eleni's sort of current costume in this, mm -hmm. how they sort of they, they definitely rhyme with each other, just different sort of occupations and different moments in history. Um, I, I thought it was a really, a really, really beautiful connection to what we already know. Hmm. Um, and, I, you know, Hauser, I think, is a really interesting storyline on in itself in this oh, little yeah. episode arc. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I had a lot of fun getting to see the reactions to Hauser on Twitter over the last couple of weeks. Apparently people think he's like really hot, which confused me because I just... Is it, he just he just looks like the rest of the clones, does he not? Like, am I? Yeah, right? I, don't I just, know. No. I'm not seeing it. I don't it, think. I think I missed something. But like, uh, there's a lot of love out there for Hauser. Yeah, and and sure, I thought he was quite handsome, quite charming. He's a he's a dratty. He's a droid daddy. I think he's absolutely a dratty, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I and I I think he looked fantastic. I immediately when these two episodes were done, uh, because of how the second episode ended, eleven and twelve, how the twelfth episode ended. I wanted a uh, a Funko of Hauser. So if they ever come out with anything, I will get a Hauser thing. Oh, I'm thing. sure they will. I I'm love sure it. they will. <laughs> yeah. Anything more to say on this, Laura, before we go to Shannon? Oh, no. And I, I obviously love the, you know, Young Harris scene was a, a fantastic in- introduction. I did have one sliver of fear for just a split second when Eleni says, Hera has other interests. I was like, they're not gonna just mention her and then not. <laughs> this is it about Cham and oh his story. God. There's no way. I didn't, yeah. yeah, I was immediately. I was. I was. You know, mollified. So it was all good. Yeah, Laura would have set shit on fire. All right, um, um, Shannon. Yeah, Fairleth Young is the actress who plays Elena Sindula. Uh, she is uh, both uh, French and English uh, fluent, so she, it's a good choice there. And Robin Atkins Downs. Uh, voices Sham Sindul, and of course, we already mentioned Vanessa. So, and uh, Corey Burton does Gobi. Shannon, what did you think about the first uh, two scenes here, introducing uh, uh, the older Sindulas and the younger Sindula? Well, I like that uh, with the political stuff um, yeah. that this is sort of a mirror to what happens in episode ten on Raxus. Yes, that you're having you're yep. having the Empire show up and having their their local officials address the crowd and say, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Everything's great." So the fact that we've seen this now on two planets that more than likely this is happening everywhere. Like this is how they are kind of cementing their grip on the galaxy. And they, and and it results with different levels of success. I mean, looking back again, looking back at the old Clone Wars episode, um, when Senator Ta and Syndulla agreed to work with each other, Senator Ta said, when the Clone War is over, the troopers will leave. And in perfect, you know, political fashion, that was a lie. Like he yeah. he is com- he is completely self interested, and once they've made this big announcement, more than likely he would have gone back to Coruscant because he doesn't hang out on that planet a whole lot. He would rather be, uh, you know, in the hallways of power, as we talked about a few uh, a little while ago. Yeah. Um, great introduction to Hera and great introduction to Chopper <laughs> as well, <laughs> or great reintroduction to Chopper as well. Um, I, I I realize that astromech droids don't grow but i'm like oh it'd have been nice to see like a little chopper as well um yes it was just <laughs> a chop if you will yes All yeah, right. yeah. Well, yeah kind of kind of a higher higher pitched higher pitched chopper uh but yes great <laughs> but yes great opening and you know i mean i'm I, i'm i'm secure in my sexuality i can look oh. at hauser and be yes. like yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't know if it's the high and tight or there's an extra scar or some some extra ruggedness. I'm kind of like, yeah, like yeah. I can see where I, I can see why he's getting some attention. Yeah, I do think I do think part of it is uh, I mean, look, I mean, I would not kick him out of bed, but I would not kick a lot of those clones out of bed. So, Hello. I, they, oh my God. you know, so whatever. <laughs> But, uh, but no, I do think, well, and I, I think this does get a thousand today. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Go I ahead. do think, I do think that, uh, that part of what, uh, what people are drawn to about Hauser is I, and this is what's interesting. And we'll talk about it more later is that we've just gotten accustomed, accustomed in Bad Batch to this idea that post order 66, the clones are all dicks. 
Like they're all assholes. Like 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 they they all kill the Jedi. Clones are supposed to be the bad guys now. And aside from Clone Force ninety nine, Rex and a couple others, like there's this idea that they are all just the guys that are doing whatever the Empire says. And what we see with Hauser really for the first time is that that's not exactly the case. And I think right. we're starting to see the beginnings of why we have stormtroopers instead of clones. So I think that's going to be interesting. But we could talk about that more later. Uh, sure, sure. I, I like that idea of what you were talking. Yeah, yeah, sure. Whatever. What, yeah, it makes sense. Great. Cool. Yeah. Glad, good glad we're on the same page. Sir. Good, good. Great. Hey, Michael, can you come out tonight? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, let's move on here. Uh, we go to Eleni and uh, Gobi discussing uh, Cham's decision here. Eleni says people are tired of fighting. Uh, so she's, but what we see is that both Sham, uh, uh, Cham and Cham, sorry, Cham and Elaney are like they're they're making this decision, but they're not a hundred percent behind this decision. They think it's the right decision, but they're not fully sold on it. Certainly, having Senator Todd involved, it probably doesn't help them feel confident about it. But Gobi says it makes them defenseless. Uh, and uh, then just as they're having this discussion, Hera and Chopper are brought in by the droid army. Uh, she was apparently in a restricted zone. Uh, Hauser is leading this droid, uh, little droid uh, 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 group, uh, leading uh, Hera and Chopper. And Hauser says it can't happen again to Shem. Shem says, I promise you it won't. Uh, then Hera and Eleni go off to talk about it. Uh, and uh, Eleni reveals that she knew where Hera was. Uh, and then Sham and, and Gobi go at it. And Gobi said the droid army was supposed to leave, but more arrive every day. Sham says, what is the point of fighting if we cannot make peace? Uh, and Gobi says, the Imperials are up to something. You just don't want to see it. Um, this uh, reminded me of a lot of conversations I've had with Michael Vogel. Senator and the Rampart and Crosshair. Now we cut to them. They're discussing how to deal with Sham. Sham and Hera discuss his decision and why he did what he did and how she reminds him of him when he was young. Then uh, we cut to Rampart and Sindula. Sham and uh, Eleni uh, uh, with Rampart and Rampart uh, touring the refinery. Eleni sees that the refinery is producing military weapons. Uh, and then Rampart gives him some lame excuse about protecting Ryloth and then leaves. And then Sham and Eleni debate about the intentions of the Empire. So Eleni certainly seems to be more on Gobi's side of things, Laura, than Sham's side of things. Uh, certainly knowing where Hera was kind of gives that away. But also confronting Rampart about the fact that, hey, you said you weren't going to make any weapons here. This is looking like it's becoming a military facility. What do you think about this, uh, seeing these kind of, her uh, uh, coming to the forefront now as kind of someone who is kind of questioning what the Empire is doing? I really liked this aspect of Eleni's personality. And mm. I, I especially appreciate it, I think, upon a rewatch that, yeah, it was obvious that I think Eleni and Gobi are sort of more in cahoots than Sham probably knows and Sham would probably like um, in terms of involving Hera and things like this. Like, yeah. Eleni probably knows that Hera is out spying for Gobi and probably understands why. Because um, she's, you know, she's an easy one to just kind of stick out there and she's, she's an innocent child. No one's going to suspect her. Um, but I got to say this, you know, this conference room chat with Rampart and Sham and, and, uh, I'm sorry, Rampart mm. and Senator Todd and Crosshair was interesting just because of, I guess I didn't remember a whole lot about what happened with the Clone Wars and the relationship with mm. Senator Todd and the fact that like Senator Todd is so mad and like seems so unsettled that Sham is like such an influencer here, like mm -hmm. on Ryloth. Yeah. That, you know, that he can't be trusted. And it's like, well, yeah, because he was there, dude. Like, you're off like 
sitting in the lap of luxury on Coruscant. You have no idea what's going on with the actual people on your planet. Um, but Crosshair, you know, perceptive as always is like, you know, Gobi's the real threat here, right? right. Like, of course, that's how he sees it is the person that's going to be more willing to take action. Crosshair doesn't see the fact that the people are on chance and duel aside that is actually a threat. He's much more focused on the fact that like, yeah, he's probably like going to go bring more weapons in, even though we like had them surrender them. So it was just a little interesting character study in that very brief scene. I think in that we got in that conference room between the three of them talking. Yeah. What's well, fascinating how crosshair seems to be okay with rampart changing the rules and lying or whatever, but he's upset when other people do it. So Shannon, it seems like he's only, you know, cause he's loyal to the empire. He's okay being blind to certain things, but certainly mad when other people doing the exact same things uh, uh, in uh, opposition to them. What do you think about this whole uh, thing with Eleni and how this all progressed in terms of the conversation? I mean, because Gobi and Eleni, are they brother and sister? I thought it was an uncle. Is they, Am I Gobi, misreading that? Go, I thought uh, Hera, call, and... Hera calls him Uncle Gobi, but he's not okay. actually related. He's one okay. of Cham's closest friends and has been yeah. like his most trusted lieutenant. So he treats Hera like a niece, but they aren't okay. actually related. So they've just all been in the, they've just all been in the shit and fighting for years together. Right on. Okay. Uh, Shannon? Yeah, I mean, to, to uh, Laura's point about the crosshair, the crosshair's point of view, I mean, I love the fact that the whole Gobi, like, from his point of view as a soldier, he's like, that's the guy I'm going to be fighting. Right. Um, he's like, you know, I don't know how Cham's going to affect things, but, you know, maybe he will, maybe he won't. But the guy that is the direct threat to me is the guy who's going to be on the other end of the barrel that's pointed at me. Like, yeah. that, it's going to be that guy. Yeah. So I love how... how uh, militarily strategic crosshair is like he's always he's always planning and I mean again I mean I'm gonna I'm gonna stand for my buddy Nosh um, I think Rampart is such an interesting character because he's so relaxed with everything like I, up to this point I don't feel like we've seen Rampart lose his shit and even going forward in some kind of high pressure situations Rampart stays very very cool under pressure. And I think a lot of that has to do with Nosha's performance. And because he is such a, he's a spectacular actor and one of the nicest guys in the world, <laughs> listening to, listening to him play this kind of awful I Imperial Admiral is so, is so interesting because that's so not him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I love the fact that where Hera came, where Hera came from is, is start is making sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mike, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Rampart, really, that's a great point Shannon brings up. Very even keel throughout the whole, yeah. these two episodes. And, you know, it was great to have uh, Tarkin kind of introduce Rampart, and then he essentially kind of takes Tarkin's place as yeah. being this even keel guy who's pretty much trying to handle things and make it all happen. And no one is above reproach in his, including Crosshair, as we find out in a little bit. So what do you think about all of this? I think it's great. I think what you see is kind of to what Laura was saying, what both Laura and Shannon were saying, like on, but with all of these scenes together, you sort of have the three perspectives on one side and the three perspectives on the other side. And they're all three different, which I think it's not like all the good guys agree and all the bad guys agree. Cause you first, you get sort of, uh, as you guys were all saying, you know, Cham is really trying to make it work. He's, he's mm -hmm. fought a long time. He doesn't feel great about this. But he does see this as a road to peace, and he's like, cool. Gobi is like, fuck this shit. This is not what we wanted. And then Eleni is kind of, I think Eleni is probably married Cham because she admires his idealism, but is a little bit more pragmatic, which is what mm -hmm. you see here. Like, she's, 
Gobi is like ready to fight right now. I think Eleni is like, I don't fully trust this, but I like that my husband is trying to make it work. Let's just be realistic here. And so you've got her right in the middle, kind of saying, Hera, you're in trouble, but tell me what you saw. Uh, mm-hmm. And even she says to Sham, you know, Sham says we got to try for peace. And Eleni's like, what, at what cost, though? Like, at what point does this peace become not good? And then on the other side, as you guys were saying in the scene with Rampart, uh, Ta, and Crosshair, you get these three perspectives as well. Like, Rampart, as far as Cham is concerned, and I think this is important to see where it all kind of, like, lays out at the end of this episode, is as long as Cham plays ball, Rampart's cool. Rampart sees that Cham, right. Ch- where, where Cham goes, the people go. So as long as Cham says, hey, guys, we're cool with the Empire here, Rampart knows he doesn't have to worry about this planet, and it's yeah. cool. Ta knows that even if that happens, he doesn't want the power to get... De- he doesn't want all of a sudden uh, Cham to be more uh, useful to Rampart in the Empire than he is. So he's like, ah, you can't trust him. And then Crosshair, like Shannon said, is just like, that's the guy. <laughs> this is the problem. And, and Crosshair is right. Like, had Gobi not done what he's about to do, um, none of this would have happened. I mean, also, it's for the better. Like, the Empire would have fucked them over, so it's good that Gobi did it. But yeah, like, like, so seeing on both sides these three perspectives is really, really kind of interesting. Yeah. All right, we cut to Gobi and Hera, and uh, Hera says she can't be a part of this anymore because of her getting in trouble, getting arrested. And then Gobi goes, oh, I'll let you fly the ship, and which tempts her uh, to come aboard and help her help uh, Gobi out here. Uh, but go- but uh, as they take off in the ship, and Hera is flying the ship, uh, Crosshair was watching them behind a hidden position, tags Gobi's ships, uh, ship, and as they are on the ship, Hera's being schooled by Gobi on how to fly the ship, or what to do, almost like a, a little bit of a driver's ed course going on there, which is a nice little moment of, hu- well, for lack of a better term, humanity in the exchange of what's going on there the animation here where they when they land is stunning absolutely beautiful the way the 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 shot they have there uh they land and gobi reveals that they are there to pick up weapons and hey the bad batch shows up 13 minutes into the episode so uh sid has sent the bad batch to gobi uh, because he's paid for these weapons they present the weapons to him uh we've seen this in many movies uh, you know showing the weapons all right get what i paid for but then hera and omega kind of uh, meet and uh, have a fun conversation, uh, getting to know each other. And they talk about the ship. They go inside the ship after Hunter says it's okay for a Hera to go in there. Uh, she shows her around. They have fun. They have a nice conversation as they discuss the joys of flying. Uh, and you hear in the back that uh, classic Star Wars music cue playing, old school Star Wars music cue as they discuss the joy of flying. And flying is about a feeling. Uh, is what Omega says to her. And Hera says uh, one day she will be a pilot and that she has a dream to live on a starship uh, after Omega tells her that she lives on there. Uh, and then Gobi Hunter have an exchange about building an arsenal because uh, Gobi says, I want more weapons. Let Sid know uh, I will buy when he's, when she's got more weapons. Hunter says, this is going to attract attention. Build this arsenal. He's like, you let me worry about that. Uh, and then as Hera comes back, uh, um, says, uh, did you know that flying is about a feeling? Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. Omega says that. Did you know that flying is about a feeling? And Tech goes, classic Tech goes, what feeling? Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, what did you think about this, uh, uh, Shannon? Just to correct myself, it was Hera who said flying is about a feeling, explaining it to Omega because Omega can't fly the ship yet because Tech is making her memorize all the specifications of the ship before she can actually fly the ship. 
And then, of course, uh, Hera throws a monkey wrench into that because uh, Omega now has caught up with this idea of a feeling, which is completely antithetical to how tech views the world. So what do you think about this whole exchange here and also the weapons situation? A nice little uh, kind of uh, uh, groundwork being laid about how much Hera is going to love being a pilot. Well, I know when I flew a small aircraft for my birthday several oh, years Lord. ago, <laughs> and John and Vogel were my passengers, I, nope. I can guarantee they were not on the, it's a feeling, it's a oh, feeling oh, train. Oh, no, they were oh. feeling. It was a feeling. It was a feeling, <laughs> I've never had. I've never had John Roca hold my hand so tight in my life. You were up there flying that plane with that guy, and we're in the backseat, and John Roca, John Roca, who is not white, his hand was white, whiter than mine, as he gripped my. Because we, this is it. This we're going down. Yeah. We're not making it. You know, I'm a verbose person. I was silent the entire flight almost because I just pure fear. Uh, Shannon, uh, it was pure fear. Nothing but pure fear. But yes, I did exactly what the instructor said. Yeah. Um, right when you veered off the runway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that was at the end of the flight. Um, but uh, kind of tricky of Gobi to tell Hera that it's like, oh, this is just a supply run, no big deal. And then they land on this beautifully yeah, designed right. moon. I right? mean, just so so cool that it's like okay so this moon has some sort of atmosphere but it basically looks like they are in space like you can see ryloth like over like on the horizon gorgeously designed but then when he tells her that we're picking up weapons it's kind of like all right that was a little that was a little tricky to do to a kid yeah um but yeah i mean the way that the bad batch are presented it's like i mean again they are supporting characters in Hera's story and watching Omega, like, well, one Omega gets, gets the, 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 okay. Like, Hey, can I, can I bring her on the ship? Like you really see how she is a, now a part of the crew. Like she's ingratiated herself into this, into this group dynamic. And she gets the go ahead, brings her on. I love when Hera saw her room, you know, the gun. Oh my it's God. Like, well, yeah. well, it's, you know, when, when, when no one's firing the guns, like, yes, <laughs> that's my room. <laughs> but you're just seeing this, this birth, this birth of a rebel. And it's yeah. just so much fun to watch. And even you, you can still tell, like going back with uh, Hunter and Gobi, that Hunter is still incredibly cautious. Like mm -hmm. they like they are not doing this for Ryloth's freedom. They are doing this because they were hired for a job. And that's where Hunter kind of stops um, and agreed. The, the comedic bit with tech. Um, I really I really got Harrison Ford Raiders of the Lost Ark vibes. A truck. What truck? <laughs> <laughs> so just, uh, yeah, just a really great scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael, what did you think of this? Uh, we saw some more with Hera and Omega. Like, it, yeah. and, you know, later when they say goodbye, uh, Hera says, I'm sure I'll see you again. So we, uh, there's more stories to tell here. And such a such an easy and quick connection to young girls coming together to talk about something they both enjoy, which is flying and being a part of the ships and all of this kind of stuff. What did you think of this whole thing? Yeah, I thought it was all great. I mean, first of all, I do love that Gobi, uh, you know, I think in his mind, he's doing the right thing here. Like, mm. he's been a fighter his whole life. He 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 respects that Sham is dad, but he's like, I'm going to make sure that you're ready to fight because I think this shit's about to go down. Yeah. I want you to be safe. So although he is pretty tricky about it, I mean, his intentions are good. Yeah. Maybe not the best parental move. Um, and as far as the beauty of the planet, I think, and as Sh and Shannon can attest to this, and I mean, uh, Laura too, because I know she's probably watched them a few times, looking at how Ryloth, 
has improved visually from oh Clone God. Wars to Rebels to now. Uh, and this planet and this view of Ryloth and everything, you're just like, as I think, I'm just going to say it every week now, like, the animation in Bad Batch is breathtaking. And this yeah. was the shot where I was like, God, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, you know, it's we, we, we we're so used to Omega being a part of the team that we forget she is a little girl and she mm-hmm. gets to hang out with another little girl. Like, it's it's such a sweet, honest, great moment. Um, and everything inside there, like, you know, just, and it is, even the other tech moment you guys are talking about is great, but I even got a chuckle out of Omega, like, like, Hera's like, do you fly this? And she's like, I can't fly it until, uh, tech won't let me fly it until I recite all of the specs from memory. And I'm like, yeah, of course that's what he would do. Uh, which kind of triggers the whole, well, that's just one part of it. It's about a feeling like everything between them is great. And I particularly really liked at the end when she does say, uh, you know, well, when we're fighting, I don't get to go up there, but that's my room when we're not fighting. And Hera's like, are you in trouble? And Omega's like, uh, I thought we were here because you're in trouble. <laughs> and you do you do kind of realize uh, it's, it's one of those little mini reminders. It's a cute little moment, but it's also that reminder of how overpowering mm-hmm. the Empire is to everybody. Right. Like, because of the Empire, everyone is in trouble. Yeah. Um, and I and yeah, so I thought it was great. And I do to Shannon's point, I do think it's really interesting that Wrecker, who was sort of pitched to us as being this ultimate Rambo like soldier, badass, whatever, is truly the most cautious character in this entire oh, yeah. series. He does not want to step into this battle at all. Like he is just about his team. Yeah. You mean Hunter or you mean Wrecker? Hunter. Oh, sorry, Hunter. Hunter, yeah, my bad. Wrecker, Wrecker's, Wrecker's ready to bruise with everybody. My bad. Yeah. yeah, Hunter. Sorry, Hunter. Hunter is just like this super, super soldier who doesn't want to be a soldier. Yeah. Well, most, just like they say all the time, the people who should have power are the people who don't want power. The people who should be shoulder, soldiers are the people who don't want to indulge in being a soldier. That's the truth because they you take advantage of those power yeah. and what have you. So yeah, great points, Mike. Absolutely. Laura, uh, we get, you know, we got the a great groundwork being laid here about Hera's love of flying, which of course is a great uh, wink to everyone who loves Hera as a character in Rebels and what have you. So did you like the way they laid this out? Did you like having, you know, you can forget, as Michael said, these are two young girls and they're also being raised in essence by the, by a hard ass uncle or a bunch of hard ass uncles, uh, both of them kind of similar situations. Don't you think? Yeah, it was these this was a great scene and I thought that this meeting between the two of them was just it was just so pure. It's exactly yeah. what I imagined that something like this would be. Um and, you know, my favorite part I think of this scene where this comedic moment of Tech saying what feeling was so great, but I think one of the other lines that I really liked about this was, you know, Hunter sort of turning to Omega towards the end of this exchange and being like, "Oh, did you did you make a new friend?" and she's like She's kind of strange. I like her. <laughs> yeah. It's just such a cute little moment for Omega, yeah. um, you know, in a, a great little outside perspective into who Hera is as this young child. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the asking about, did you know that flying is about a feeling? She's just so <laughs> cute and naive. And I just love her. So it, it's fantastic. And that whole moment, that whole exchange with Tech jumping in there was just like one of those very pure bad batch moments where yeah. it's like yeah you could just watch that and you get a very quick summary of like what this show is really about <laughs> and what this episode arc is really about too yeah. um and i love that omega is in the process of like you know memorizing all of these ship specs probably on her way to being a great pilot at some point herself she actually sleeps in the gunner position which is kind of funny <laughs> something i never realized somehow 
Um, and I, I just really appreciated that. These couple little moments where they're just sitting, these two girls just sitting and talking was just amazing to see in Star Wars because I didn't we didn't get a ton of that in yeah. the prequels or the originals. So yeah. that was just that was so great to see in moments that exclusively in this in these moments with Hera and Omega passed the Bechdel test. Thank you very much. I was yeah. I was literally it's so funny. I was I was literally about to say that I was like not to get like super like, you know, girl power or whatever, but it really is great mm -hmm. that you have these yeah. two girls in this show and this entire sequence is not about it's not about talking about a guy, it's not about talking about this. It's like these two girls just sharing this experience they have and it's a super badass experience like that they're both having like one of them is dealing with their uncle freedom fighter we're picking up weapons the other one is this mercenary and you're like it's it's equal parts badass and cute at the same time which is just such yeah. a great vibe i like just it the is. whole intro she says don't try any funny business and she goes and yes we did survive the flight there's us surviving the flights yep. afterwards kissing the ground after he'd almost killed us. <laughs> so yeah, that's us surviving the Flying fight. is about a feeling, and the feeling is nausea, apparently. <laughs> it, was nausea. it was nausea. All right. Uh, let's go on to the last section here. Uh, we follow Hera and Gobi as they fly back, but an Imperial ship is approaching as they try to lose them. Crosshair shoots them down by shooting out one of their engines. Crosshair calls for his crew to move in. They arrest Hera and Gobi and the crew and confiscate confiscate the weapons. Ad the Admiral arrives, the Vice Admiral arrives, uh, Rampart arrives and confronts Hera. Hera being their implicate sham in because uh, the Senator's there with Senator Ta's eyes as well. Uh, and Ta orders them to take uh, to be taken away over the protest protestations of Hauser, uh, Rampart stops Crosshair from taking out the rest of uh, Gobi's men so they can report what's happened back to Sham, kind of laying a little bit of a trap for uh, Sham, Syndulla, and Elena Syndulla to fall into. Chopper comes in and tells uh, the Syndullas that Gobi and Hera have been convicted of treason, which motivates Sham and Elena to go after them. They're, they attack the ship, carrying Hera and Gobi, and save them. These are great action sequences. No way I'm going to sum all this up. Just fantastic action sequences with speeders and speed bikes and all this kind of stuff happening in the ships. Ta orders the droids to attack Sham and Elena, the comms have been cut by arrival Twilight, so they have been cornered and they are systematically taken apart. Taz freaking out. Rampart surrenders to, quote, keep them alive. The Sindulas are reunited as a family. Tar and Sham confront each other. Sham pulls a gun on Ta, which I thought was shocking for me. Uh, and then uh, is talked out of shooting, possibly shooting Ta, murdering Ta, um, uh, uh, there by Elena. Uh, and uh, Rampart says, thanks for playing your part. And then Crosshair shoots Ta uh, and then frames uh, Sham on the Admiral's own Rampart's orders. Uh, and they are all arrested except for Hera, who escapes with Chopper in a speeder. And Rampart tells Hauser to have their forces capture Hera. And I put down here great 80 synth music score to end the, uh, the episode. So, Mike, a lot of drama here. And certainly, as you talk about political machinations, uh, you know, uh, for faked assassinations or yeah. framed assassinations certainly is part of it. In if you study the history of world politics, there's been a lot of nefarious shit from country to country with stuff like this. So this was a pretty dark uh, sequence that we got to watch. Yeah. Here. Uh, yeah. No, I literally wrote in my notes: Rampart is Trixie, Ta is a moron. Like that. That was that was my. Uh, <laughs> like, but it. 
but because you've got you do you have this situation where okay like you know, like like they they find Hera they go, they do this whole thing and Ta right away like because all he cares about is where his positioning is he's like yeah. oh if Hera's here it means we can implicate Cham throw him in jail and Rampart knows that that's not going to work because Cham is too beloved like he right. understands that he needs something bigger than that so letting letting the letting the uh, the freedom fighters run away to warn Cham he knows what's going to happen like he's thinking yeah. three moves ahead which is what makes him kind of a really interesting villain like he's not uh, he's not one of those typical imperial reactionaries who's just right. kind of like oh these rebels I don't know what to do like he's smart and exactly what he sets out to do is exactly what happens like uh, Cham and Eleni come running every time Chopper shows up anywhere waving his little arms I just imagine the expletives coming out of his mouth and it always makes me <laughs> giggle um, but yeah amazing action sequence I, you know like Cham in full freedom fighter mode total badass like you really yeah. see why this guy is beloved by his people uh, and then the entire sequence, I'm with you, Johnny, like the fact that he pulled the gun justified, like he's like, yeah, you sure. put my, you like, what are you doing with my dog? Like this whole thing, uh, like Hera's in danger. Like he's, he's ready to go. You see this guy who has wanted to maintain peace so badly, but is so fed up with Taz bullshit. And you see Eleni come in and say, not like this, but then Rampart has everyone exactly where he needs them. Uh, and it did make me giggle a little bit when Ta went down because I just think he's such a moron. So like the <laughs> fact that he's just standing there and Crosshair is like, um, but yeah, like sets up, sets up everything really, really great because Rampart now understands that having Cham in prison and yeah. being able to make this big show of this attempted assassination uh, is important. And then also important for the next episode is that Hauser uh, has witnessed all of this. Hauser yeah. has seen this whole thing go down, yeah. uh, and and you can tell without them making a big deal out of it that he is very not sure how he feels about any of it. Yeah, yeah, and you find this all the time. You know, if you like I said, if you study world history, you find this all the time where they try to implicate good people because they have a strong power base in that country, and they try to create false narratives about them to create dissension amongst their own people and have them turn on them for their own political desires uh, to have control of whatever is uh, uh, resources are in that country. Uh, Laura, this was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, the moment is him is a sham pulling the gun. That is pretty surprising. What did you think about this whole sequence? And were you a little frustrated that uh, Rampart set this hall up and they all fell into the trap? Um, certainly, but yeah, it was, this sequence was fantastic. You talked about the action sequence just mm. being amazing to watch this entire episode. There are a couple of wide shots throughout the episode. And then we get a couple more of them here in this action sequence. And I think we've talked about this before in the context of the bad batch where they, they look photo real things look real. Like it looks like real life in these, in this show. And it's just fantastic. Yeah. The way that everything is designed and the way the animation plays out, it's just, it's gorgeous to watch. And, you know, we're going to say it again and again, I think, but this is another one where Ryloth just looks great. Mm -hmm. um, but this, yeah, the sequence where it ends with, with Cham holding the gun, I think, you know, may have been surprising for some of the people who don't know a ton of, don't know all the background about Cham Sandula, about who he is and what he's fighting for. We've seen him for the most part, really try to be cooperative and be on the empire side for most of this episode and this is where it comes it comes down to this and now the tables have finally turned for him where he gets to turn the gun on on ta um and i love that we have you know eleni is sort of the you know the voice of reason in this moment mm. um in the calming presence that sort of reaches up to the gun and says you know his time is going to come he's gonna get his due but not in this way and not by you 
uh, which I just thought was really, really perfect and just really endeared me even more to this truly badass character that Eleni is. I mm -hmm. really, really love all the decisions that they made with how to present her to us yeah. as an audience and to those of us who know who Hera grows up to be. Um, and yeah, when we see, we see Chopper pull up and, you know, I think Eleni <laughs> says something like Chopper, get Hera out of here. And it just sort of reinforced for me this like bond that Chopper and Hera always have had and have later on where Chopper in this situation is very much sort of, you know, the family pet, but he's also Hera's protector. Yeah. We're always kind of thinking of R2, R2-D2 as like the dog and Chopper is a cat because Chopper's an asshole. So that's, yeah. you know, the, the comparison <laughs> works very well. Um, but Chopper very much in this sort of, in this family <laughs> dynamic is the family guard dog as well, or almost like mm -hmm. an older brother. Um, and, you know, later in Rebels, we see Hera blow up an entire starship because they tried to, right. like, fuck with Chopper. And that made her so angry that she just messed up all of their communications and the whole thing exploded. So yeah. it's like that, that all is, you know, ingrained in her from this very young age. And it was just great to see it play out in this episode. Yeah. Shannon, uh, Laura makes some excellent points and Michael as well about this whole relationship and also the, 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 what's going on with this and doulas here. And also how this, uh, these political machinations, sometimes you get freedom fighters, you get the, against these senators when stuff is unstable, like the empire is making it and they're transitioning anything can happen so certainly having him pull the gun here although it was shocking not out of the realm of possibility when you don't know what the actual established government is uh in your on your own planet you know what do you think about this whole ending here well you think again based off of his uh, appearances in other star wars shows um mm -hmm. cham has always been a fighter and that's why when this started it was like oh this is kind of out of character for him like he says he's tired he's tired of fighting yeah. but you also consider like he now has a child and so he wants right. peace like i now i now have a kid in this world and i i have a vested interest not just in the people of ryloth but trying to but trying to have peace for my for my child and it's also the child is the reason he's then willing to uh level up and like all right if we're not going to do peace let's let's get to it because yeah. she will you have now established she will not be safe in this world that you were creating yeah. Um, watching him in sort of his kind of that, like that native fighting force mode. I mean, it, it was awesome. At one point, I know this isn't what happened, but you know, he knocked a, he knocked a trooper's uh, helmet off. And for a second, I'm like, holy shit, he just knocked that guy's head off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then I looked closer, uh, and, and also the chase, like generally, and Mike, correct me if I'm wrong here, but, um, in live action, when things are shot in the dark, it's a little cheaper because you don't have to worry about every little thing being perfect because you can't see it. Um, and I imagine it's the same in animation. But even these shots of like the 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 with the with the headlights, I was like, God, this is gorgeous. And the just the little bits of detail that you're getting, it's like they are spending they are spending some money on this show. Yeah. Um, and again. My buddy Nosh, <laughs> Rampart is just such a pragmatist that he's just kind of like, okay, well, let him know we surrender. And then at the end, or uh, before that, when he's just, they're like, you know, there's three freedom fighters. I'll be like, okay, let him go. Like you can, he's playing chess in his head. I yeah. mean, it's just, he's just such a natural tactician that by the time uh, Cham shows up, it's like, oh, was this your plan all along or are you this quick a thinker that you were able to build this uh, just kind of on the fly? Either way, Rampart is a, oh, 
Johnny is gone. I lost <laughs> <laughs> John, way, John had to go. John had, John had to go fight with the uh, with the freedom fighters. He'll be back in a second. <laughs> mm-hmm. But either way, uh, Rampart is a very formidable uh, opponent, uh, not just for the people of Ryloth, but also for the Bad Batch. I also think. Uh, I mean, to your point about to your point about the fighting, uh, they did go out of their way to to show that. Uh, the Freedom Fighters, Chairman of the Freedom Fighters, are just stunning everybody. Yeah. Uh, you yes. know, like, like they're pissed, and they're fighting, and they're here to get Hera, but it's almost like there's still this attempt to be like, look, we're coming for my daughter, but we're not going full war yet. Like, right. we're just stunning you guys, we're just here to do what needs to get done, and it really is Rampart who's going to escalate this. Other than decapitating the guy, but yeah. yeah okay. Sure, <laughs> aside from that, obviously. Uh, all right. Well, that episode ends with a cliffhanger. So we move on uh, to the next episode here uh, to talk about it uh, uh, as we go into episode 12, Rescue on Ryloth. So we go back to Ryloth. Uh, Shamsadul is being confronted by Rampart there as he sits in prison. Uh, he jabs at him. Rampart does. He jabs at Cham about being a traitor, he, how, about his followers, and then uh, hits that daughter, hits that daughter button. Man. Uh, and then he tries to work Elaine. He's saying, you're the smart one. You're the one that's, uh, you know, you understand you're the more pragmatic one. And she says, I've seen what you do with your allies. I prefer to be your enemy. And then as uh, Rampart walks off, Hauser lingers. And then Hauser tries to reason with Rampart as after he lingers there for a little bit, looking at the Sindulas in prison or in a jail cell, he walks out with Rampart, tries to reason with him. He, he uh, contradicts Rampart's narrative when Rampart tries to claim and boldface lie to uh, Hauser that uh, uh, Sham had tried to assassinate uh, Senator Top, uh, but he can't offer another suspect when Rampart calls him out on saying who else would have done it. Um, and uh, he says, Rampart says, leave the thinking to him. Hauser offers to find Hera, but Rampart says he has another squad handling it because I, I, bet he, I bet he suspects that Hauser isn't fully going to complete the task. Just then we see Chopper, who's been hiding out there uh, behind the scenes uh, spying, who relays info over to Hera, who is watching from a hidden position. Uh, Crosshair checks in with his crew. They can't find Hera. Hera tells Chopper to meet them at the base so they can send out the transmission. This is worse than they thought. And then on the Marauder, we're with the, uh, we're with the Bad Batch. They get the transmission. Hera reveals what has happened. Ask them to come back. Of course, that vibe there of uh, seeing a uh, hologram there, of course, gives that whole vibe uh, that we've seen numerous times in Star Wars. Texas, children often overreact, which Omega contradicts uh, uh, very forcefully and says they need to go. Hunter hesita- hesitates and says, we can't put ourselves on the line every time someone is in trouble. Omega counters and goes, why not? Isn't that what soldiers do? Uh, so that force that kind of convinces them to head back to Ryloth. Chopper and Hera meet them. Hera tells them what happened to her parents, tells how the Empire is targeting anyone loyal to them. She wants them to free her parents, offers to pay them. Uh, Omega is all about it, but Hunter says, let's see what we're up against. No guarantees. And then Omega gives him the slowest side eye I've seen in Star Wars yet, which got a little bit <laughs> under my skin. Uh, so, uh, Laura, let's start with you on this one. Um, you know, we're getting more with Hauser and Rampart. We're seeing the groundwork being laid that Hauser is eventually going to side with the Sindulas here. We see Rampart really kind of enforcing his rule here. And then we see Crosshair, his frustration at not being able to find Hera, but Hera and Chopper are working their own deal out here and bring in the Bad Batch. So, heck of a beginning. What do you think about these scenes combined together? 
Uh, I really love getting to see, you know, we kind of can see the the wheels turning with Hauser. We can mm -hmm. see the struggle that he's going through. You have this character who has been raised as a soldier his entire life to obey orders. And all of a sudden he knows and is starting to realize that everything that he's been taught may not be correct. Um, and in this situ situation, he really doesn't want to betray Sham. Um, yeah. And it, it's it's really, it, it's just really great to sort of see it all play out on his face in these little moments where he just looks sad and says nothing and walks away from the cell yeah. um, following Rampart away. So I, I love the little moments with him. Um, the fact that he offers to tr try and go find Hera himself and all of a sudden now, like, you know, Eleni and, and, and Cham aren't totally sure if they can trust him. And that's just mm -hmm. kind of sad to see, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I got to say with this, um, with Hera calling the Bad Batch specifically to for help, um, number one, it was really sad to me that she didn't have anyone else to turn to. I was yeah. just like, oh, sad. Like there's literally, I mean, her whole life has been, you know, this freedom fight on Ryloth. I can, it's... I guess it shouldn't have been surprising to me that there was nobody else that she could reach out to in this time. Um, but that was just so sad to hear. But the fact that she calls not their ship specifically, she's calling Omega specifically and calls out for her to come back and, and, and help her and bring back the team. Um, and I just really, I thought that that was so amazing. And I love that we get to have even more time with these two together um, on the same planet in the same room on these missions together. Um, and the fact that, you know, Omega sneakily, somehow gave Hera the comm channel to contact them just for emergencies <laughs> only, which yes, in this case, it is an emergency. Um, and yeah, this was, this was a great sequence. I'm glad that we were able to, to bring in the team this time and get a little bit more time with the bad batch and sort of see how these two stories, the freedom fight on Ryloth that's been going on for years and continues on for years after that. Mm. And the bad batch is, you know, mercenary work sort of coincide. It's just great. But Laura, the side eye, talk to me about that side eye. She was a joke. <laughs> We get a little slow. bit of Omega attitude. Right? We're seeing, and it was just so great. And, you know, that's the thing is that we're not totally sure exactly how old Omega is. I think we've heard um, Tech, re you know, reference her as a uh, as an adolescent. Right. Hera in this scene is probably 10 or 11 years old. And I just love that, you know, we're getting a little bit of the attitude here yeah. from Omega in particular. And it's just... It was just perfect. I thought yeah. it was funny. <laughs> Shannon, this is Omega the Teen Years. This is like group playing video games and, uh, you know, yelling at uh, Star-Lord. A little bit of the attitude there because she's the one calling them out. Now, I didn't I, – I personally was irritated by it because I'm like, yeah, we you can't keep putting yourself in – because you know what? We die. So it, you, in your mind, you think it's – oh, it'll be fine because you're young. You're a child. You haven't been through the wars that we have. But, you know, in us, sometimes it's good to have someone on the ship to remind you of the purity of – what it's all about to 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 fight to save people to help people in certain situations but it can get a bit irritating what did you think about this whole intro here with uh hauser with with uh rampart and then of course with uh, omega and the bad batch uh, coming in to help para well looking at the differences between sham and eleni uh the rebels episodes really hit a lot harder because you're like oh uh hera is her mom <laughs> Yeah, and you can see Great like point. this, this, uh, this the bumping of heads between her and her dad, uh, and just that response to to Rampart that I've seen how you treat your allies. I prefer to be your enemy. I'm like that is Great such one. a well written. That's such a well written line of dialogue. And with Hauser, I mean Hauser is kind of proving Rampart's point of like the clones should we should get rid of these guys because. They're a relic from they're a relic from a war that has already been fought. 
And you start to wonder, like, how did the inhibitor chip affect Hauser? Was he one of those guys that wasn't affected because he seems to be uh, 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 he seems to be good. He seems to be a a good man at his heart. Um, And yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of with you, John, on the uh, Hunter's response of like you gave her our homing frequency like you can't do that. But as you said. Yeah, I know. But as you said, I mean, she's there to kind of be the 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 heart and soul of the team. Right. Right. I, I imagine it's always a balancing act. And I'm sure people who are parents who are watching understand that sometimes your children remind you of what it was like before you got a bit embittered or, uh, I don't know, hardened by the world. They remind you that there's another way to look at the world. But uh, what did you think about all of this, Mike? Uh, yeah. And the inhibitor chip is a fantastic point. Shannon brings up. I was thinking about that. It occurred to me as Laura was talking. What about the inhibitor chip? What do you think, Mike? What do you think's going on here with that with Hauser and everything that happened in these sequences? Well, we see in the end of the episode that Hauser's not isolated in this. Like, he's not yes. an outlier. So right. I, I don't think it's that Hauser is somehow not affected. I think what we're seeing, and I could be totally off on this, but Order 66 technically says, hey, the Jedi were traitors. They need to be taken out. But if you're a good soldier, uh, taking out a traitor is still within the purview of like, well, that's what you do. You might not always agree with orders, but you follow, good soldiers follow orders and these are traitors. But what I think we're starting to see is that Order 66 aside, clones are designed to be really, really good soldiers. And what the Empire is starting to have them do is outside the bounds of what a good soldier does. Mm. So I, I think we're seeing that maybe... Order 66 is not as all-encompassing as we've assumed it is up to this point, and that soldiers like Hauser, not all, some soldiers like Crosshair, seem to be more than okay to uh, to do things a certain way, but like Hauser and certain other clones, it seems like, are starting to question what's going on, and I think that's what we're seeing with him, and I, I hope, I mean, I could be wrong, and it could be an isolated thing, I hope that we start to see that a lot of clone troopers start to be like, whoa, 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 yeah. I don't know about this. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And even the fact that, you know, like you were saying, he couldn't offer up to Rampart a uh, a different suspect. The reason he can't offer up a different suspect is because he knows what happened. And Rampart knows that he knows. Like, when, when he's like, when he's like, when Rampart is like, look, Cham Syndulla's insurgents uh, tried to assassinate uh, Senator Ta, and so he has to be punished. This is important. And Hauser's like, respectfully, that's not what happened. And he's like, well, then what happened? And the answer is, you did this. To like, and he can't say that as a soldier. He can't be like to his superior officer, be like, "Well, you did all this to make this happen." So he's just like, he's got to shut up. Yeah. And so you're starting to see him really struggle with what his duty is as a soldier. And similarly, um, with Hunter, mm-hmm. he's struggling with his duty because, again, as we said, like Hunter is yeah. very, very protective of Clone Force ninety nine and particularly Omega, and that is his overriding. Uh, uh, thing is to save them. And Omega side eye, I'll disagree with you and Shannon. I like that is a well deserved side eye. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that oftentimes, mm-hmm. look, we we like to say that kids are naive or kids don't know or kids don't understand the way the world works. But sometimes a little bit of an idealism of a kid is actually the way like to uh, cut through the bullshit. And Omega is not wrong here that Hera does need help and they do have the capability to help her. It's not like Omega is traveling the galaxy with five accountants 
who are clearly going to be shot down. <laughs> she's she's with Clone Force ninety nine. If know, anybody can like help Tara, my books. <laughs> I, I would let. I would. I would let I would let tech do my taxes. That is that is true. Yeah. But yeah, like I think I think that as we're watching Hauser deal with what it means to be a good soldier, uh, when Omega looks at Hunter and says, uh, "Isn't that what soldiers do?" Like that is it. So I thought it was I thought it was really great. I'm all, I am pro side eye. I knew you'd like that side. I just knew you'd like that side eye. Uh, all right, let's move on here. We go back uh, to Rampart, who is pushing his narrative to the citizens now. What, Like I said earlier, this idea of sowing dissent uh, with these false narratives in order to take control of a planet or a country, what have you. He informs them the Ta is recovering, uh, Senator Ta is recovering, uh, and the Bad Batch is watching all of this and listening in on the speech, uh, and Omega spots Crosshair. She's the one. That spots crosshair with her binoculars there. Uh, they confer on what to do. They men- tech mentions Raxus, which of course Mike you brought up earlier, or or Shannon brought up, and the uh, and they and uh, tech. Uh, sorry, Hunter mentioned or sort Hunter notices that a probe droid is watching them, sneaks around, and he straight up murders that droid. I mean, he murders that droid. Uh, they take off uh, and they uh, assume that the Empire is going to find out that they're And sure enough, the next shot is Crosshair getting info that the uh, clone, the Bad Batch is their Clone Force 99. We cut to Hera, who is struggling with what is happening. She's really questioning all that's going on here. Of course, she's, you know, for all the stuff we know about Hera in the future, this is still Hera in formative years. This is still Hera kind of having this war come closer to her. So she's having this moment of like really under trying to grasp or conceive of what's happening and process it all. Tech says the Imperials know about them now. Hunter wants to leave and says it's too late to do anything. Hera tries to stop them and he offers them double and says, you know, if you guys just do this and it'll be well. He's like, it's not going to matter for all dead it's not going to matter and then omega tries to guilt trip hunter again uh and then rampart and hauser debate the desire that we cut to rampart and hauser debating the desire to round up all the people loyal to syndula once again uh, hauser is pushing back here trying to use a little bit of logic saying hey this is going to make us look bad and and uh, uh people are going to turn on us and how and uh, rampart says well we'll arrest them too uh, so it's a, it's a it's a never ending thing, you know, and then Crosshair informs Rampart of the Bad Batch being on Ryleth, uh, Ryloth and uh, um, wants to go after them. And Rampart says, just stick to what you're supposed to do because you're making me question whether you can do the job because you still haven't found Hera. So even Crosshair is uh, in danger with Rampart. Uh, as uh, Eleni said, I don't. I see how you treat your allies. So Omega and Hera talk about the situation a little bit more because uh, we cut back to them having their conversation. And Omega says Hunter will come around because he's her brother. I think that's the first time she said that. You guys can correct me, but I think that's the first time she said that and says they all are her brother. She tells Hera to come up with a plan. That's how you convince Hunter. Come up with a plan. You know this planet. You know this area. You come up with a plan. Uh, and then we cut to Hauser who was talking to the Sindulas there in prison. He tells them that the hair is in danger and that he wants to protect her. And Champ drops the mic, says he failed protecting Ryloth. How are you going to, how can I trust you protecting my girl? Uh, let's stop here. Uh, uh, Shannon, this a lot here, certainly with the Omega and uh, uh, um, uh, Hera here, figuring out how to convince Hunter to come aboard. And then of course, uh, with Rampart and Crosshair, a little bit of uh, dissension or division between those guys as well. What do you think about these scenes, brother? 
I mean the the stabbing of the imperial probe droid, and then the Ooh. little knife the little knife twirl afterwards, the little the little flex to be like, "That's right, <laughs> I made you mine." Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, shit, shit, we gotta explore some things within you, but all right, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> but to the the rampart crosshair, it, it, it again it further demonstrates rampart does not value the the clones i mean they right. he's just yeah, like look you know you couldn't you couldn't do this you couldn't do this they are they are building the case for what he wants to do which is like okay we'll have you train them we'll have you train our new soldiers it's like but i want basically i want angry people i want people that that want to fight and the clones have been doing this for a long time and at this point it's just kind of like maybe they don't want to do it anymore we need to 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 secure our our place right now to secure our hold we need people who want to fight yeah. and even um, and you know crosshair wants to so but just the fact that you know crosshair at this point hasn't been able to find hera and yeah, I mean, the way that she refers to the Bad Batch as her brothers. I mean, I wrote the same thing. It's like, we've, I guess as an audience, or at least I haven't, we've never really thought about them as siblings. Like, we think yeah. about them as being kind of being her uncles just because of that age difference. Yeah. But in reality, like, yeah, they're all they're all they're all her big brothers. And she also knows the way she knows her big brother at this point. Like, this is how you this is how you get to Hunter let's try a different approach because I mean, poor little Hera, I'll pay you double. Like she, uh, like she's acting out of desperation at this point. But, but Hunter, again, that pragmatist is like, look, we can't save everybody. Like we have to worry about us first. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's smart. Once again, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show uh, when we were doing our reviews, how Omega kind of figures situations out quickly, figures out she's a tactician. She's essentially a piece of all of them of the bad batch and understands how to handle these situations. And in this moment, she knew exactly what to tell Hera. Hera was kind of, you know, because a little bit overwhelmed. She's young. This is her first experience. This is kind of nutty. Her parents are in jail. Her uncle's in jail. Like she's freaking out a little bit. So there's nothing wrong with someone, someone come along, a little bit of a calming influence, Michael, and be like, okay, let's take this step by step and let's get to the, and this is a nice lesson for her to learn as well as she will become a freedom fighter in the future. So what do you think about all of this? And then of course, uh, Shannon's comments about Rampart, uh, kind of, laying the groundwork here that these droids can't be trusted yeah i think uh you know as far as the whole scene with um the like first of all probe droid awesome like it was just great like hunter just kind of like looking out of the corner of his eye and just being like like i was like that uh, that was great that was amazing that that is why that is why you are the man you are it was great um, but yeah, so like they kind of see the lay of the land. They realize this is no good. I love that Tech does point out Raxus and kind of says, look, this is not peacetime. Like this is a military operation. Like this this amount of troopers is way bigger than what they're saying it is. Um, and I think that when Hunter, you know, I do love that Omega sort of parrots Hunter. Like Hunter kind of has that conversation with her where he says, you got to be strategic. Like there's no right. win here. And and then Omega kind of shoots back like she's what she's she's doing what she needs. I would do the same thing for you, which again, like as far as like the side eye judgment, like Omega is all about judgment in this episode. She and I think it's great that this is the first time because we've seen this bond that she has with Hera and because the team on the show knows that we as an audience are already bonded with Hera. We're on Team Omega here. You know, like when she looks back and shoots back, you're not 100% wrong, John, that like Hunter is being smart 
about this. Yeah, yeah. But but we are but we are on Team Omega. But I do love he says to her, "You need to be strategic. This is no good." And Omega's solution is to go to Hera and be like, "We need to be strategic." <laughs> you know this land, you know this area, let's present them with a plan. Like she doesn't just do, to your point, she doesn't just do what a kid would do, which is throw a tantrum or say, we need to help her because. She goes, okay, I know my brother. I know what this is about. We need to present him with, with, with something that he will approve of. And that's what they start to do, which I think is really, really great. The brother thing really hit me the same way it hit everybody. I'm like, huh, yeah. did not think of that. And that is giving me feelings. That is a, like when she was like, he's my brother, they all are. I was, my, my first reaction was, do not end this season with something that is going to gut me. I am going to be mad at you. Do not, don't do it to me. Don't do it. I want this to be happy. Um, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They're going to do it. I know something's going to happen. Uh, and the Rampart stuff, you know, I really do think like Hauser kind of really trying to just, Hauser trying. That's yeah. just what this, he's like, hey, the, I got as many as I could. These are innocent people. They didn't do anything. There's gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna go up against you. And Rampart's like, look, peace comes at a cost. He kind of echoes what Eleni said earlier, like at what cost? And now Rampart is telling you what the cost is, which is this is, we're gonna have peace, but we're not gonna have a real freedom here. Um, and then, yeah, and then Crosshair coming in, like once again, episode one, he was like, Gobi's the guy, Crosshair was right. Right now, Crosshair's like, here's the thing we need to deal with, and Rampart's like, no, 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 no. And at least in this case, uh, and I do think this is cool about Rampart, is at the end of this episode, at yeah. least in this one instance, Rampart is willing to admit that he was wrong about something. So that, that, is, that is good, but I really do love seeing Hauser just trying as hard as he can to work within the system to still do what's right. Yeah, agreed. Uh, he ain't a clone. He's my brother. Uh, what do you think uh, about this whole thing, uh, Laura, as well? Like a little more of Omega and uh, Hera. I like, you know, we talked about in the in episode 11 how they are uh, kind of, how they had this bond and formed it really quickly. But having them further this bond now more where they're coming together and figuring out a plan together. Because I think this was probably, uh, we didn't see the scene, uh, Laura, but there's probably Hera coming up with the overview of a plan and omega getting specific because she knows probably knows how to tailor the plan to make it work for all her brothers when they're presenting it so i like that they got that involved but then you've got here this crosshair situation the rampart this feels more and more like rampart is going to be a bigger and bigger part of this as we go along and maybe leads to eventually all these uh, droid troopers or clones turning on the empire eventually and and fighting for uh fighting for the resistance what do you think about all of this well, I have to say that with Omega, you know, telling Hunter or yeah, that he, you know, you shouldn't have said that to Harris. She's just trying to save her family. Right. I would do the same thing for you. And I, that really hit me where I was just like, oh, come on. Like he has to be like on her side now because it's exactly right. Like she's like, Harris willing to go to the ends of the earth and Omega would do the same thing for them. And it's just a really, it was, that was the moment that gave me feels um, and then as they're they're just walking away from that scene and Chopper's following, you just get one more little beat from Chopper as he walks <laughs> away, which again was like probably something offensive. Uh, but this <laughs> this conversation between between Rampart and Hauser was giving me like major beginning of Rogue One vibes with like Galen Erso oh, and, yeah. and with Krennic, where he's just like, you know, if you keep if you keep going like this, you're gonna start an uprising. And Rampart's like, well. 
I don't care. Peace comes at yeah. a cost. Right. Um, and there was another thing that sort of mystified me about Rampart here, which was that Crosshair tells Rampart, yo, Clone Force 99 is here on Ryloth. And Rampart's like, so what? And right. it just, I'm, at this point, I'm just like, really? Like, you really... Is nobody giving you any reports about anything? So you just don't know that you've been dealing with them like this entire show? Or like what how are you still underestimating this group of people? Like, right. come on, man. Uh so yeah, the fact that he get, then gives, you know, crosshair the the uh, task of finding Hera was a little bit scary, probably for Hera. Uh yeah. but yeah, I do love that they're hanging out at Sham's old headquarters in a lot of this. They're coming up with this right. plan. Um father taking after daughter in this situation is was was really kind of fun to get to watch especially knowing kind of where their relationship ends up 15 years or so down the road um from this but i do i thought that the he's my brother line was kind of that was interesting to hear as well and i think it was kind of like i mean hera was us in that situation where hera was surprised to hear this and then she kind of looks sad and she's like you know you're you're lucky that you have these people yeah um and that was a real sad moment but yeah it's interesting to think that she doesn't think of any of that omega doesn't think of any of them as like a parent but then again omega doesn't really have parents so she doesn't really know what that would be anyway right yeah, that's a good point, actually. Very good point. All right, we go back to the Bad Batch and Hera. Hera suggests that they attack the refinery to distract forces from the capital. They'll need to bring reinforcements in, which will allow the capital to be a little less guarded. Maybe they can get in and save this, uh, uh, the Sindulas and the other Twi'leks that are there. Uh, they discuss strategy and how to pull this off. Omega and Hera uh, with Chopper on their own, which surprises uh, the rest of the Bad Batch when Hunter lays down that part of the plan. We cut to the refinery. Chopper sneaks in behind some droids, flies on in, and starts walking with the droids. He electrocutes an R2 unit, and uh, but he can't seem to disable the cannons. Then he gets spotted and captured. Omega spots a ship and uh, convinces Hera that they can use it with Hera flying it. They get into the ship and start wrecking havoc all over that refinery. Um, and the music cue I wrote down was reminiscent, and you guys can correct me on this, on some of the Empire Strikes Back music cues. It had a little vibe. I thought it was something there going on there. They disable, because of course this is, a, in essence, a rebellion. They disable the cannons, uh, and Wrecker uh, flies on in and blows up the re- those cannons. Uh, and j- right on cue, they call for reinforcements, and Rampart, Rampart takes off to deal with it. Uh, 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 leaves Hauser there. Badge ba- and then the Bad Batch roll up into that uh, uh, main area and save the Syndulas. Crosshair figures out what the Bad Batch are doing as all these other ships are flying off to uh, be the reinforcements to the refinery and then heads off to confront them. Uh, just as, as the Sindulas have been saved and all the Twi'leks are saved, they're with the Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch. They're about to walk through a door. Hauser stops them and tell them it's, tells them it's a trap. He, I wrote, he's so noble here, and he buys them time to escape using a tar shuttle, which is Eleni's suggestion. Uh, he does not go with them, even when he's kind of repaired this little bit of division that had sprung up between him and Chem. Uh, he says he doesn't go with him. He's not going to abandon his his squad, his clone trooper squad. Uh, the door open, and they, they take off. Then the door opens after a little bit, and Hauser walks out. He convinces the other droids with a great speech to lay down their weapons and not attack the people of Ryloth. Crosshair calls for their arrest. Meanwhile, the Bad Batch escape with Syndulla as Crosshair shoots after them. Hunter, and we go back. We cut to them there at the at uh, Syndulla's ship. Hunter refuses payment from Alania and Cham, and he tells them to keep it and that these occupations are happening on other planets. 
Hunter once again, though, refuses the call to join them. Eleni and Eleni, ever the pragmatist, sa says, because he says he has to look out for his own people, and she says they will be in danger too eventually. This is like a broken record that Hunter keeps hearing from a number of people throughout this series. And then Hera says goodbye to Omega, sweet little moment, and says that she will see her around. She thanks Omega for believing in her. Then we go back to Crosshair, who was talking to Rampart. Rampart now understands the danger the Bad Batch poses. And he grants Crosshair permission to hunt them down. And we go back to an 80s synth cue, music cue. But it's a more ominous, dangerous music cue. And I love it. And I wrote, here we go. Because we got four episodes left. <laughs> Michael, hell of an ending to this episode. At least two episodes, really. So what did you think about all of this? Uh, well, first, I think seeing Hera sort of lay out a plan to a group of people for probably the first time, but definitely not the mm. last, gave me a lot of vibes. Like, I was like, this is what she does. This is who she <laughs> is going to be. Um, and just watching her kind of lay it all out uh, was just so rewarding and nice. And it made me happy for her. Um, and I do, I really loved that Tech's reaction when Hunter was like, all right, you, Omega, Hera, you go with Chopper you back Chopper up and like everyone's like, well, what? And it's a weird thing that as protective as Hunter is, something about this dynamic and I think something about Omega really standing up to him and calling him out a little bit, maybe in a way that the other uh, clones don't do, um, he's starting to really, it, I think one of the things about the brother line that's really affecting is the way that Omega talks about them is as equals. I think like what Shannon was saying about we think of like an uncle or like a guardian. And when she says brother, that is not these are my guardians. Like yeah. I am equal with them. We are all the same. We are siblings. And I think that Hunter is starting to treat her that way, which I think is really interesting. Um, all the Chopper stuff is great. Uh, I wrote down if Chopper could talk, he would be canceled. Uh, like, I don't know what, I don't know, brilliant. I, I don't know, I don't know what he's saying, but I think it's better for all of us that we don't know what he's saying. Um, and I, you know, Omega sort of improvising on the spot, Hera getting to fly, super satisfying moment, the moment when she gets to do it, I laughed really, really hard at the two, one, when, when Tech was like, has Chopper deactivated the cannons, and, and Omega's like, no, uh, we're on it. Don't shoot down our shuttle. And he's like, wait, what shuttle? What, what, what's going on? <laughs> and then a little bit later when like they're kind of laying waste to the refinery and Hera's like, I'm getting the hang of it. And Tech's might, might be Tech's line of the season. Yes, your dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering is as confusing to them as it is to us. Um, you know, I, I, I always love when... Star Wars is kind of like the first time that I ever experienced sort of a giant action sequence taking place in multiple, like like there's there's two things happening at once, there's three things happening at once, there's four things happening at once. And so this whole sequence is very much like classic Star Wars to me as you've got, you know, Tech and Wrecker laying waste as, Hunt, as Omega and Hera and Chopper are doing this. And then you've got Echo and Hunter on rescue mission and it's all working great. And yeah, then Hauser kind of coming in with his amazing, amazing speech, this great moment uh, a, that he kind of gives him the warning. B, yeah. that he says uh, that he's not going to abandon his squad. Like, they're like, all right, cool. You're good. Come with us. You're going to get in trouble. And he's like, I'm a soldier. I'm not leaving my men behind. These are good men. Like, he is just so noble in this moment. And I really do love, like, and I think this is why we're going to sort of come back to this, is that as they're all leaving, Hunter kind of looks back at him. And there's, like, just a beat where he's looking at them, like, like taking in the fact that, like, Everything we thought about the clone 
Order 66 stuff, I'm maybe not. Like, that's the way that I read it. and I mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, like, the way that I hope it's going to go. Um, I love Hauser's speech. I think it's this great moment. And then I was honestly surprised and really happy that, like, a good number of clones kind of looked at each other and put their guns down and said, yeah, yeah. we're not about this. I legit 1,000% thought Hauser was going to get shot. I thought Crosshair was oh, going yeah. to legit straight up just shoot him. Yep. So was kind of relieved that he got arrested. <laughs> um, again, Hunter is a horrible mercenary. He did not take the money. Hunter is yeah. a soldier. He is a hero. <laughs> he just can't admit it to himself. Right. And right. I love, you know, like this whole, I love the beginnings of the, I love that you don't have this moment where everybody just rebelled. Like Cham is over here going, we've got to organize. Like we've got to, we've got to get together as a group. This is bad. And like you said, like Hunter's like, ah, no, this is, this is all that matters to me. This is my focus. I'm not doing it. And just once again, he is refusing the call over and over and over again. Um, and then Hera just at the end of the, like the lovely goodbye where she just says, keep an eye on your brothers. They need it. Like it, it, <laughs> it's, we're so used to like, I think so much in our growing up in the eighties and growing up and everything, like when you're a kid, having the kid be the hero is great. And then as you get older, you're like, this isn't realistic. And they're really selling me on the fact that Omega isn't equal to all of them. Like, yeah. like they're really, I'm, she's really stepping up. And then, yeah, kind of crosshair being taken off his leash and given permission to go after them and hunt them down. I'm like, well, I'm with you, Johnny. I'm like, these last four episodes are going to be a rip-roaring awesomeness because I really am excited to see where it wraps up and also have no idea how it's going to wrap up. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, And I'm, I'm lost in the place of like, and Laura, I know you, you might come after me on this, but I, I'm lost in the place of, I don't want redemption. Uh, I didn't want it for Kylo and I don't want it for Crosshair. Can we just have a villain? Can it just be okay to have a villain in Star Wars that doesn't get redeemed? And this, and we have a badass next four episodes where they go at each other and someone kills the other one. I want to see that. Um, you know, I, that's just my point of view. But Laura, what'd you think about this whole ending? Phenomenal stuff going on, some great lines as well. And then, as Michael said, Crosshair being taken off the leash, that should scare the entire galaxy. Not just the, uh, not just a bad batch. Uh, what do you think of all this? Uh, it really should. It's going to be a scary place in the galaxy for a little <laughs> bit with him. Um, I, I want to back up to Hera um, coming up with the plan, which I thought was amazing. We're getting little peeks into the leader that she's going to eventually become. Yeah. Um, baby Hera is not a very good pilot, and I <laughs> appreciate that. You know, I gotta say, she's the shuttle is spinning around out of control for a little bit. Um, you know, yeah, the dangerous and uncontrolled maneuvering was a fantastic line from tech, but <laughs> I gotta say, I just love that they didn't, they didn't make her a perfect pilot to begin with. She right. had to learn mm-hmm. and she had to, you know, in some ways, yes, she's a natural in some ways and she definitely has a feel and the spirit for it, but she has to go through, she has to learn. And I just, I appreciate that they were able to put that into this episode because yeah, she's, she, d- she didn't have the hang of it quite at the beginning which was just kind of funny to watch um let's see we get to see um hauser you know making this great speech which i love i love that he mentions you know that they're they're good men part of his speech includes you know we are attacking the very people that we had spent the last three years swearing to protect trying to free them from the separatists um and i i love that we just got a little bit of that background like those guys yeah they were probably all there with them that entire time and i'm I was also kind of surprised that we even had a few of them lay down their weapons yeah. um, and actually get taken prisoners. So I, 
I have a feeling we're going to come back to this, and I have some speculations about in what way we're going to come back to this. So I'll I'll be curious to see it play out. I don't know if I even want to say it out loud. Okay. Um, I want now. I want to yeah. know. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell. I'll tell you. I'll tell you then when we're done. Okay. Um, okay. The, <laughs> so we, you know, at this point, yes, yeah, so we've got Hunter saying that he has to take care of his group. We've got Cham saying that he has to take care of his people. We're going to go our separate ways. Hera thanking Omega for believing her was another great feels moment for me. Um, but cutting right to the end where Rampart is just like, you know what? Um, my bad. Uh, I underestimated Clone Force 99. <laughs> and Crosshair's like, dude, I told you. Like, come on. Like, and now the fact that we've got Rampart and Crosshair both sort of on their tails, I think, is going to prove um, to be a very violent uh, last four episodes. Um, the part of the speculation that I'm thinking might happen is that we might end up having um, Crosshair going back to Cham and Cham potentially betraying the whereabouts of the Bad Batch oh. in order to gain protection for Ryloth for his family because Damn. Cham has been known to do this. Cham is not in any of this for any kind of bigger rebellion or any kind of, you know, not looking at the Empire necessarily as the enemy. It's just anybody that isn't Ryloth is his enemy. So he's really out for number one, and I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that happen. And maybe we, if we do revisit Hera and Cham at all, whether it's this season or next season, you might start to see the break to end of their relationship potentially based on something like that. That's a great point, Laura. That is a fantastic point. Yeah, I mean, one prediction probably won't happen, but it's I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> you never know. And by number one, you mean the planet, right? Ryloth, you mean, but not just himself. Yes, Ryloth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which, yeah. Which, which you know, a lot of people wouldn't fault him for because that's how a lot of people do view the world. Certainly, uh, uh, Shannon, what did you think about this whole sequence to wrap up these two episodes? In essence, one big episode split into two parts. What do you think about this whole ending here and Crosshair? And then, of course, more with Hera and Omega and all that happens with the Rampart as well. I mean, to, to start off with Chopper, to Vogels, like, we don't know what he's saying, but we're pretty sure we know what he's saying. From here on in, I'm going to hear the voice of Rick Sanchez from Rick and Morty anytime Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> because when he goes up behind that one R2 unit and gives him the astromech shank, yeah. and you hear him, <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's, he's telling him what he thinks of him at that yeah. point. <laughs> or he's imitating his screams. Oh, <laughs> evil little. That's so good. Yeah. he's he, he's mocking he's yeah, mocking his totally victim at that, at that point and watching Hera learn watching people learn how to do things is is entertaining I mean think about Tony Stark when he's learning to use the Iron Man armor think about Steve Rogers the first time he has that chase scene when he's running after the Hydra agent in the first Captain America movie like that's really really entertaining and they set this up in in the first episode where Herod says to Gobi, you say taking off and landing is the hardest part. Shouldn't I learn how to do that? <laughs> and so her taking off naturally is going to be just, just chaos. And Great yes, point. text line there. Text line is fantastic. I mean, you, you, you three have, have hit upon everything that, that I basically have in my notes already. Hauser, I think you both, uh, uh, both John and, and Vogel said it. And I think Laura said as well, but noble is just the perfect way yeah. to describe Hauser. And if he had been killed at that point, 
would have been, I mean, it would have been completely earned, but I'm, I'm suspecting that we probably haven't seen the end of Hauser. And then the, uh, uh, Crosshair getting getting that he, he's getting his theme. He's getting his villain theme that to me, yeah. like this is this is what the T one thousand sounds like. This is what the winter soldier winter soldier. Like. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. I mean, this is we all kind of presumed that the end of this season was the Bad Batch trying to rescue Crosshair, and it's really gonna be the opposite. It's going to be Crosshair hunting them down. Right. Right. Yeah, Johnny, you you know, you're I know you're concerned about the redemption and obviously this is where you and I disagree cuz I yeah. love a good redemption. Uh we, we did it a lot on my little pony. That's how we roll. <laughs> but I will say that I I kind of am starting to get the sense that that's not the road we're going down. I think we're going down particularly once Omega says they're my brothers. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to a We've made it clear that Hunter feels bad that they left Crosshair behind. And I think yeah. that there will be a desire. Like, we know that if we can just get that chip out of his head, we know he can come back to us. But I think if it comes down to it, if Hunter has to make a choice between Omega and Crosshair in some scenario, we know which, we know who he's choosing. Like, it's not yeah. like, and I, and I think the track, like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm, uh, putting this on them because I don't want the tragedy to be any of the clones or Omega that we like. So I'm like, well, maybe the tragedy is Crosshair dies and that's fine. Maybe let's do that. <laughs> that's better. Sure. That's better. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not like Crosshair was like, <laughs> you know, uh, the warmest dude before uh, the chip kicked in. So it's if they if they think that it, one, one great episode would be them capturing oh. him, going through that thing, taking the chip out, and he's still I, the way he is. John, you might be right. John, I mean, I think that might be, if they go down that road, that's why you have this Hauser situation. Yes. I think Hauser. The idea idea that, like, look, all the clones followed the Order 66, but not all clones became villains. And we've been making this uh, assumption that Crosshair is who he is because of the chip. But if they take that chip out and he's still this guy, that... Whoo, that gives me, whoo, that gives yeah, me the feels. That's a tragedy in itself. That's yeah. A, yeah. Exactly, exactly. I think, I think, I think you might have hit, I think you might have hit on something there for sure. Yeah. I got to kill you, man. I got to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for anybody, so for anybody listening, John just keeps posting a picture of Hauser with his sexy eyes and uh, doing <laughs> his sultry voice. So Sexy eyes. Yeah, I, I'm all about I'm all about it. Let's make it happen. But yeah, it could be Hauser that saves them from Crosshair. It could be Hauser that takes them out. Uh, but then, uh, no, there's no way Hauser joins the bad bat. You can't have two good-looking brunettes leading the crew. You just can't have it. It's not going to happen. Just it wouldn't. No, work. but it's uh, it, you can't a, split a, a, a smolder yeah. off. <laughs> you can't split the focus, son. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, there you go. That's our overall spoiler review. These last two episodes, eleven and twelve, for the Bad Batch. Thank you all so much for uh, watching this review or listening to this review. Remember, you can always download everything we do uh, on the Geek Buddies on our separate podcast feed, The Geek Buddies, wherever you go and wherever you and take along, take us along with you wherever you go and, and, and listen to all we've got to say. Laura Kelly, thank you so much for joining us again. You are awesome. Please tell people where they can find you and uh, all the stuff you got going on. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Come find me on Twitter at ShutUp underscore Laura and listen to my other show, which is Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour that you can find on Twitter at Force Toast Pod or ForceToastPod.com. 
That's right. And at some point, I think maybe this week, we're going to bring back the Jedi way. Finally, we've been so caught up with Schmodown and all this kind of stuff. Well, we've got a little bit of a break. We can relax, I think. And so maybe we'll bring that back this week. I know, Laura, you've got a big match coming up that you're studying for, but maybe you'll be able to lay down the study books for a little bit uh, before and we can do an episode. We shall see. Um, uh, 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 Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKToon. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Um, well, as Chopper would say, wah, 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 Oh, my God. This is not rated NC-17. Wow. But if you don't speak Astromech, (laughs) if you don't speak Astromech, uh, here are some ways that you can help us continue doing what we do. Uh, Smash the like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page where you can find all kinds of great content, both Geek Buddies and Jedi Way and tons and tons of other stuff. Uh, Leave some comments below. What did you think about this episode? What do you think is going to be happening in the next four? Did you love seeing young Hera? Do you want to see more of her? Should she get her own spinoff series? Like, let us know all your thoughts below. We'd love to check out what you guys thought of things. Uh, If you are listening to this on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anywhere where podcasts are available, leave us some stars. Leave us some comments. It helps us go up in the rankings, makes it easier for people to find us. And the best thing that you can do, as always, is to retweet this video, post it on all your social media outlets. Hey, if you are a Star Wars fan, this is where the best Star Wars conversation is happening. Come join the buddies. Come become a buddy. We like it. The more buddies, the better. Uh, And yeah, that is what we got to tell you. There you go. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. We come back in a couple of weeks uh, with episode 13 and 14 uh, to break it all down for you here on The Geek Buddies. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.